Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Hold on, now push that button. Are you there, Cuervo? I'm here, Sonny. 
All right. I thought so. I, I, I didn't unmute myself when we came on. So that being said, let's do this. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Yo, 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 we'll just start the show over. I've been talking to myself for the last 10 minutes, but that's okay. We are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we are back uh, better than ever, I think, off-season where our timing will be within our schedule. But usually this might be the latest we'll kick off our shows. Maybe 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. That will depend upon uh, how Cuervo's schedule is going. That having been said, let's bring on the fine co-host of this program. It's Cuervo. How you doing, Cuervo, my friend? I'm good, Sonny. How are you today? Doing awesome. I'll just repeat everything that I was talking about. We are here. The Rowland Eagles uh, season is over for football and basketball. Another successful season. Uh, for high school, for my locals who are listening here, local, um, a good for both of those. But now we go into the quote-unquote off-season of our expertise. Now, we may not be experts at basketball or baseball. That would be coming up in March as spring training is going to happen in March. Um, so lots of things headed that way. Um, we're going to move into some of the other sports, but keep our eyes and ears open. Obviously, as college uh, as the NFL is now a year-long sport now, Cuervo. Um, and so we'll be keeping track of a lot of things going on in the NFL. We can put more of our opinion out there going in and getting set for the, for the rest of the year until we get into the um, training camps of the NFL right around August. Yeah, Sonny, and obviously, as we all know, the the big the, the next big event in the NFL is obviously something that we love to cover, and that yep. uh, we I think we do a we have a, lot, we have a lot of fun doing it too, which is obviously at the end the end of April is the NFL draft. So yes, there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, boards, you know, that that uh, people are reading off, and there's a lot of rumors going around about possible scenarios about teams trading. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, there's there's always that possibility of of uh, teams moving up, moving down, and um, you know this is the time where where the GMs are their busiest. Yes, and that's going to be really really fun because we got a lot of things to get squared away um, as we go in because we'll be looking at guys that are going to be looked at by scouts. We'll hear from Mel Kuyper and all the quote-unquote experts with their opinion about what's going on. And so there's going to be a lot of things headed our way here um, with it. Now, we're kicked off with the basketball season, and Sonny's actually been keeping quiet, but he's been keeping track um, of the uh, NBA and lots of things that have been going on. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that have been talked about, um, controversy with LeBron James as far as 
Charles Barkley is concerned, I'm sure you know what we're talking about if you've been keeping your ears to the ground on that. Um, we're not going to jump into hockey because not too many people want to listen to it, but Sonny watches hockey. So um, if anybody wants to get up online, I've been keeping my eye on hockey as well, as well as the D-League, the, uh, the minor league system of basketball, the D-League. I've been keeping track of that as well. So we're going to be able to hit on a lot of subjects here now that we don't have to dedicate the whole show to talk about all the games that are happening on Sunday there, Cuervo. Yeah, it does, it does uh, you know, allow us to be a little more diverse with our show. Um, yeah. So kind of, you know, I mean, obviously, like I said, I mean, you know, the draft is coming up. But, you know, we're, we're in the NBA season. Uh, we're about, I'd say, a month and a half away from playoffs starting. Um you know, obviously, baseball season's coming up, uh, spring yep. training. A lot of pitchers and catchers for a lot of teams reporting this coming up week. So I was going to say, and then for, yeah, a little bit later on, yes. Yeah, so, the, you know, you got that going on too. But, um, but you know, obviously, the you know, the big thing is, is, is a lot of what's going on in the NBA right now. Absolutely. And we might as well kick into that because we, we – when we get into football, we usually miss, uh, you know, obviously they've already kicked off on basketball. All the season's been going on, so let's just hop into it because we haven't had the opportunity to do so. So, Clairvo, looking at what's going on in the NBA here, somewhat early in the season, obviously, um, you know, as we get set. And what are you looking at in the NBA? There's lots of talk. I don't know if you heard the story about Charles Barkley and, and LeBron James kind of throwing jabs at each other here uh, just recently. Let's jump into that. I mean, I don't know if you heard about it. What do you think about it? Oh, yeah, I've definitely heard about it. I've heard a lot about it, Sonny. And, you know, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I think a lot of people, they tend to misunderstand uh, criticism at times. and. Mm-hmm. You know the, the the big thing that I, what I took away from it is, um, you know, Le- LeBron LeBron cannot take constructive criticism. He just can't do it. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's he's not as thick skinned as people think he is. Um, yes, he is a um, you know three time champion and all that. And, and nobody's taken away from what he's done professionally. Absolutely. And when it comes to the personal side of you know, when people criticize uh, uh, maybe a decision that he makes or, um, you know, uh, just just the type of player he is and comparing him to certain uh, guys of the past, he yes. just has a hard time. He has a hard time with that criticism. And, you know, Barkley, Barkley's take is he's always – it's always been a professional criticism. It's never been personal. He's never gone at it personally. But – uh, LeBron felt like he couldn't bite his tongue anymore, and and he and he attacked Barkley back. And but LeBron was, you know, I mean, you can make the argument he was wrong for the way he responded because he started to make it personal, and that right there tells me that he just can't take criticism very well. He's not very thick-skinned. I mean, hell, he he got upset about a, a trade rumor about Carmelo for for Kevin Love, and it has nothing to do with him. So, um, well, that's what, that's incredible. Yeah, that's well, an interesting point. Yeah, exactly, because that's what that organization has made. 
Cuervo, they gave LeBron James a opportunity to have his voice heard, which I always said, and we talked about it on this show, that's the biggest mistake that this franchise is doing, but they have to do that in order to keep him there. Because guess what? If they shut him up or don't let him be who he wants to be, he'll go somewhere else. So the Cleveland Cavaliers, in order to have LeBron James on, they have to give him a voice. They have to give him something that he can say to where he feels like he's a part owner or what, or part of the decision-making that's there. Once you give a player such as LeBron James, at least in today's game, that edge over, over any other player in the NBA, there's not a player right now in the NBA that demands as far as decision-making things going on more than LeBron James in the NBA. Yeah, and, and allow me to retract my statement, Tony. It, it, it was it has a lot to do with you know LeBron because the rumor the rumor is that LeBron was pushing for Kevin Love to be traded for Carmelo. So the fact that I said that LeBron had nothing to do with it was totally wrong. Um, he had everything to do with it, but but then he turned around and he criticized the reporter for for going out there and making the uh making that report and saying it's not true and all that stuff. But yeah, you're right, Tony. I mean it's it, it's it's a, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in if you're if you're a GM or or the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers because you know, you you want to make you want to make the point that there's no one player above the franchise or there is no one player that um that is more than just a player, but when it comes to LeBron, it's kind of like, hmm, it's kind of hard to to say that because he is a franchise. I mean, they 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 went from having the number one pick in the draft to being in the finals in just one season with him coming yeah. back. So yes, so you know, it's 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 tough to you know, and and nobody's nobody's looking at it that way. It's like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, looking at. Uh, poor LeBron, he's got no help, and blah blah blah. How about poor GM and poor owner for these guys having to be handcuffed with, with like, the franchise that they that they're running? Um, I mean, God, I mean, I can only imagine having to be in a situation where you got you got some some you know a player that gets more say so has more authority than you do, and you hold the title of GM, and you yeah, title. you write the checks. Yeah, exactly. And, but yet, you kind of feel like you have to you have to uh, run everything through a player. You know, hey, yeah, LeBron, are you it. okay with this? I, I don't know. It, it, but it's hard to it's hard to just say, ah, oh, the hell with him if he wants to walk and if he doesn't like like his role as a player, then he can walk. But if you do that, and you, they saw the results already. They they've seen the yes. the grass on the other side, and it's not very green when you're when you're uh, you know, 25 win team and, and picking, you know, in the top five every year without LeBron James. So, it, you know, it, it becomes it becomes a, a thing of which one is more important to you? Is it is it winning or is it the the moral of not allowing a player to be to be bigger than than what he actually is? Yeah, bigger than the sport, bigger than the role. And, and there's always a funny joke out there, and it's from the wrestling term, is know your role and shut your mouth. Well, guess what? 
LeBron knows his role, but he doesn't have to shut his mouth because they put him in that position in order to keep his mouth open. Now, we can say that's the wrong thing to do in general, but you go back to what you're talking about, Cuervo. This is a team that knows what it's like not to have this guy on his team. This is a team that knows what happens to him when you lose the franchise. That is LeBron James. And you can't tell me for one second that in order for LeBron James to come back to Cleveland, he had to have a say in everything, not just here and there, but everything that goes on as far as personnel and personnel moves, operation moves right there as far as the team is concerned. You can't tell me that he doesn't probably hold the final say in anything. Um, he, I think that is where we run into the problem. Now we talk about Charles Barkley going around saying what he's saying, like, like you said, criticism. Now since he feels like he can speak up because of what he has with the Cavaliers, he feels like he can go right out there and do the same thing against analysts, for God's sake. I mean, Charles Barkley is the last thing that this guy can do is go out and go one-on-one with LeBron James. But at the same time, he knows his basketball, and he will give you, now that he's not a player, he's going to give you the full up-and-up truth. And that's one of the reasons why people love Charles Barkley. Right, because he's he's honest, Sonny. I mean, that, and that's yep. what you want in an analyst. You don't you don't want to, uh, you know, guys that just you know read off of a script or, um, you know, they they tell you what you want to hear as a fan. Yes. Uh, sometimes sometimes as a fan, you have to hear the harsh reality of of your team or a player that you like or something like that, and and that's what Charles brings. And I don't I don't mind Charles at all. I think. I think he's he's you know he's a funny dude, but he's really honest too. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, 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 he brings a we, different perspective. I mean, because if you sit and listen to to ESPN, okay, talk about the NBA. Well, guess what? The NBA may not be the NFL, but that's still a good per- percentage of your money intake that gets you everything that you need in order to be, uh, you know, the. To completely be ESPN, that the Total News Net, Sports News Network, they have the M's, they have the guys that know everything, they have the insiders, blah blah blah. As soon as they don't do something that promotes it in a positive way, talking about LeBron in a negative way, I'm going to tell you right now, really does I, I think will affect the pocketbooks of the networks that cover them. Yeah, it, it, it will, and I mean, you know, the thing too about Barkley is that the, the good thing. Um, you know, and he wasn't just another player like uh, Tim Legler on ESPN or. And you're talking about this is a Hall of Fame dude. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a guy that was on the original Dream Team, the greatest basketball team ever assembled, in my opinion. The original Dream Team, 1992. So, um, when when you talk about this guy knows the the how what it's like to be in that superstar role. Uh, Charles Barkley was that guy at one point in time. Yes. You're talking about, you know, uh, uh, NBA Finals. Uh, he won the MVP. He's he's an MVP guy, uh, Olympic gold medalist. You know, however many times All Star. Um, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, if I remember correctly. Um, yes. I mean, he, you know, he's he has the 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 complete resume of of a of a guy that knows behind the scenes. You know, he, yes. just like Shaq, too. Shaq is the same. 
uh, and that's why the, the TNT coverage is probably the best you're going to get when it comes to the NBA. Uh, Absolutely. Those guys over there on TNT because, I mean, Kenny Smith, he, he may not be in a Hall of Famer, Sonny, but this is a guy that was a major role player on a championship team with Hall of Famers. Yes. So, um, you know, the, when it comes to, to NBA coverage, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll entertain ESPN, and I like, and I, I'm one of the few people that probably likes Stephen A. because he is, I think he's a pretty honest guy too. Uh, but when it comes to the behind the scenes talk, when you're talking about okay, what really goes on, um, it doesn't get it, it, it doesn't get any better than what you're going to get with uh, TNT with those guys. Yeah, and that, and Stephen A, you know, he will pick and choose more so than always be honest. I think I think there's certain things that you can get from him where you're gonna where you're gonna get it. You know, he doesn't go off every single day, but when he does, it's quite annoying. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the guy. But a lot of times, this guy says exactly what people uh, don't want to always hear, and that's a good thing. I will give Stephen A that. Um, it's just other issues, uh, social issues, I don't really care to hear from him about because I don't care about his social stance point. I care about what he brings as far as sports. So that's usually the thing. Because if I want to hear something social, I'll go to CNN or someplace else. I'm not going to get it from Stephen A. Smith because I, you know, I, look at, I look at the creds, and I don't care where he's from. The guy's got sports creds. I don't care about his, his social uh, uh, you know, opinions about certain things. I, I'll go elsewhere for that. But at the same time, you jump back to what's going on in the NBA with LeBron James, and we talk about where a franchise is going to go. Someone's got to be at the wheel on that. And unfortunately for well, it just depends on how you look at it. Unfortunately, in the overall perspective, you don't want a LeBron James to be driving the bus. You want him as a passenger to come along. But we all know that's not what's going on. We all know that if LeBron's not happy, that means there's something wrong with the franchise. Not that there is something wrong with the franchise, but if LeBron's not happy, there's something wrong with the franchise. Um, so when you get to the ownership and then you got to – talk about the reality of how many butts are in the seat. Well, we already see what happens when LeBron's not in uniform here in Cleveland. The attendance goes down. We suck as a team. We can't make the playoffs. Um, they have to make that business decision. And sometimes that business decision isn't what you want to do as a business, but for the, foresee for the foreseeable future, as far as the Cleveland Cavaliers are concerned, they're not going to have their team back until LeBron James either A, goes somewhere else or retires. And that is something that they had to bite the bullet on um, in order to keep the attendance up and keep the money coming in the way it's supposed to so they can pay the man. Right. And, you know, like you said, I mean, when, when, you know, two years ago or, or yeah, two years ago when <clears throat> his time in Miami was up, um, I'm sure there was a lot of discussion about, you know, do we, do we allow this to come back into our franchise where, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, where we have a player really kind of dictate the direction of the franchise, but at the same time, I mean, you can look at it the other way too, Sonny. Hey, what the GM and the owner and the front office was doing just wasn't working. I mean, look at yep. you go back and you look at some of the, the choices that they made when LeBron was in Miami. 
I mean, mm-hmm. all I have to say is Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett exactly. was, one of, Good point. was one of their number one picks in the NBA draft. Where's that guy today? I don't even think he's in the league anymore. And that was a short three years ago where they yes. picked this guy number one. And, and it, it was just, it, it was a bad, I mean, that right there set their franchise back a couple of years. But, you know, I mean, as we all know, they got Well, that's what happens when you get the number one pick and you make a very, very bad decision with that pick. So there is no question in my mind when you look at a guy, you know, or a franchise and you take a shot on that guy, that guy that, you know, with that number one pick and you can't, you can't find the superstar. That tells you something also about who's running the organization. Do they know basketball? Is it important enough for them to have that number one guy? Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, when you talk about the money, you talk about what's going on as far as the, um, the future of the franchise. You miss on that first-round draft pick, and you got that up. You never know when you're going to get that first-round draft pick again, but – but Cuervo, this is a team that had two high draft picks because of two bad seasons with all LeBron James. I mean, and look where they are before he went back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I'm sure, and I don't have a computer in front of me at this moment, but um, all those picks that they got from the Heat and whatnot, I think the only one that I can think of that is still on that team is Kyrie Irving. Um, yes, you know they they, they picked uh, they picked a, a guy from Arizona and I can't think of his name now. He's not with the team anymore. Um, they picked uh, Neon Waiters. He's with the he's with the Thunder now, if I remember correctly. They also picked actually Tristan Thompson is still with the Cavaliers. So okay, there, there's one pick that they kept. Kyrie's another one that they kept, that they kept. Other than that, though, Sonny, I can't think of any other first-round picks that they actually still have on the team. So what that tells me is, boy, they're they're about a a thirty to forty percent hit rate on draft picks. And, and in the right. NBA, Sonny, in the NBA, that's the one sport you cannot afford to lose or or miss on on uh, draft picks because absolutely because no other one, team's going to give up their guy that they get. If you miss, okay. But you know, in the NBA, that that's the one sport where one player can can make or break a, a, a franchise. I mean, you without know, question. Yes, I mean, I'm not even going to use LeBron for an example. I mean, you can you can look at, um, uh, you know, I'm sure that I'm and I'm drawing a blank, but. I'm sure there's an example of a team that, you know, they had one player move and it just totally uh, either made their team uh, that much better or that much worse. And I'm not like well, I, said, I'm not I can tell you the one. I can tell you the one. You're missing it because it's so obvious. Kevin Durant. I mean, look at, at Oklahoma City is 31 and 24 now. Okay, at this time of the season last year, when both of those guys were on the team, Westbrook and Durant were on the same team. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They weren't sitting with 24 losses after, um, after 55, okay? They had a max, maybe 12 losses, maybe 10, okay? That's how good they were. And when you make that decision, obviously, to let a guy go, which one was that? We all agree that Westbrook was the right 
pick for who was going to stay and who was going to go. Because, yeah. and I'm not saying that big man's a dime a dozen. They're easier to find than a good point guard or a guy that averaged a triple double, okay, all season long. So once, once you look at the numbers and see what ended up happening, you still got Westbrook without question. You still got the guy, he even stepped it up a little bit. But, man, this is a franchise in Oklahoma City that is missing Kevin Durant, and it's a slap right to your face if you look at it. Yeah, I was thinking of that one too, Sonny. Um, but, you know, I mean, Oklahoma City, they're, they're still a playoff team. Um, yes, and you know, I mean, it's not like they're you know they've won ten games this year. They're still they're still doing well, uh, despite the the way the game went last night. Um, yes, but they're you know they're still they're still got their head above water, as in being a five hundred team. Yeah, they're they're above five hundred barely, but you know, and they're probably going to make the playoffs in a in a very deep Western Conference. Um, so, well, it's deep because I, the Western Conference is doing what it's done for the last three years. Mediocre at best. There's three teams in, in, in the West that you really got to worry about. And it, it's the same story. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same teams, but there's some different personnel on those teams. So when you look at where everything is standing as far as the playoffs, who's going to make the playoffs, when I look at the West, I, I have to admit, when you look at the West and you look at the East, Cuervo, I'm not seeing a big difference this year. Not one conference is running away with it. And you can go back in years past where, oh, the East was tearing this away. I mean, they had the best conference at all. Now it's kind of shifted and come back to the West. But uh, a couple of years back, came back to the West. But now it's kind of evening itself out right now, Cuervo. Yeah, you know, I, I've got one for you. And, and I, I don't, like I said, Sonny, I don't have a computer in front of me. Um, the Atlanta Hawks. I'm curious yes. as to what their record is right now, because them you. losing them losing Al Horford has done a huge service for the Boston Celtics. I mean, they're yes. they're, they're, they're they're like right there in the rearview mirror of the Cleveland Cavaliers as far as the East. I'm glad you asked me about this one. So, this is I, I, I've come out and said it right out. My favorite basketball team is the Atlanta Hawks. I, and I, I I keep track of the Atlanta Hawks is just a, and you're right. Al Holford was a big loss for this basketball team. But to really be honest, Cuervo, when you look at this football or this basketball team, the Atlanta Hawks, they're doing the same thing that they did with uh, with Holford. All right, they're still 500 on the road, and they're maintaining a 15 and tw- uh, I'm sorry, they're they're uh, 15 and 12. They're over 500 on the road, which is normally not the way it is, and they're over 500 at home. They're 16 and 11. This is a team that actually got better right now because we're not moving down to the crunch at the end of the season where there's going to be some tough games. But right now, the fact they don't have Al Holford on this basketball team. So far, as far as standings and where they are, they're 31 and 23. That is almost better than where they normally are because the idea for the for the Hawks just a few a uh, few years back, you look at Joe Jackson um, when they had or Joe Johnson when they had them on the team when they lost them. Well, what was going to happen to the Hawks? They're going to fall through. Nope. Guess what? They hanged out just about the same. This time they get rid of Al Holford. Guess what? They're actually better. So you know it didn't affect the 
Atlanta. But what you're talking about as far as Boston, they're 35 and 19. That's a damn good basketball team that is going out there. They're second in the Eastern Conference. Well, you got to remember too, Sonny, and I know you're going to laugh, but um, you, you know you got to remember too. Atlanta also acquired Dwight Howard. Now I know, yes. I know, I get it. Yes, but you have to you have to ask yourself an honest question. What have we heard negatively about Dwight Howard this season? Really, absolutely not, nothing. Really, absolutely. And, and here's another thing to think about that, Cuervo. When you bring in the guy that is supposed to be the guy that saves the franchise and, be, and is the guy that is supposed to do what he's doing, we go back to the fact when he was in the smaller market, guess what? This guy was doing what he was supposed to do. He is averaging, uh, he is averaging uh, 29 minutes a game, Cuervo, and I, with, for him, points 13.5. He took a step back in points, still getting the timeout on the court, but took the step back in points and changed his game to defense a little bit, Cuervo. This guy's a better defensive player with the Hawks right now than he ever was. And here's the thing. It's quite interesting when you look at He doesn't have to score as much until later on in the season when he can slowly move his way and get aggressive at what he's going to do in his game. This was a perfect pick to pick up for Atlanta. And frankly, it was the best place fit for Dwight Howard because guess what? He doesn't necessarily have to be the man because that Atlanta Hawk team is more of a team than a one or two guys that are controlling the team themselves. Yeah, and imagine this, Sonny, and, and, and if I remember correctly, he wanted to go to Atlanta two, three years ago before he signed with Houston. Imagine he if did. they would have imagine if they would have if they would have had him with Horford two years Horford. ago. I mean this, And even Joe, talking, Joe Johnson. They get right. they could have had Horford, Joe Johnson and Dwight Howard. It could have been a bang, bang, bang uh of a of a great game or a great uh roster that they had. Yeah, they would they would have been competing with uh, with well Miami at the time in the East, yep. in my opinion, uh, for for the uh, for the spot in the finals. That's how good I think I agree. could have been. Yeah, they, the, but the thing about the Atlanta Hawks, they've always had the potential. This is a team that needed to pick up, and where it's a vital part of it. You can watch this team. It's almost like I'm writing a book where, bro, the last 10 games are the team of the Atlanta Hawks that you're going to get in the playoffs which means is that they lose to really good basketball teams. They beat the ones that they should be. And then they're in a dogfight against teams that are really kind of evenly matched against them. So that's what you're going to get. And that will find out whether or not Atlanta will proceed in the playoffs in the next round or not. And, and the, the Atlanta Hawks have made it to the playoffs. I mean, that's not the problem. It's almost like the Dallas Cowboys. Where's the success in the playoffs that moves you forward where you, are a player as far as teams are concerned in the NBA. Yeah, so so now that we're on the subject of the Hawks, honey, um, okay, is are there any more uh, is there any more talk about Paul Millsap and what's going to happen with him, or are they going to hold on to him, or am I thinking of, am I thinking of the right guy? I know there was a trade they were trying to make, or they were trying to move somebody. The, the Atlanta Hawks that were trying to move move a trade. Yeah, don't they still have? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I, I think I remember something on. Uh, uh, 
I, I heard it, 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 that guy on ESPN. He's like the basketball guy, um, and he's also hockey. Um, 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 I can't think of his name. I, I think his last name is Stein. Last name is Stein. Um, Mark he was Stein. talking of yeah, Mike. That's it, Mike Stein. I was listening to him. I was I was switching channels, and one of the things that I think they want. Okay, if you're gonna go ahead. You got to be able to find a guy, and this is kind of what he said. If you're going to go ahead and you're going to be willing to trade the most dependable player on your team, um, which, by the way, he's more—he's probably going to be an all-star this year. You got to make sure that you get something back that's going to be a good. Whether and what they're talking about is trying to be able to find some different guys, like the Nuggets are trying to get rid of their big guy. Uh, 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 Nurkic, I think is his name. Um, and there's some other guys that are out there that, but they've got to get another big body in there with, you know, with the, with the name, with Dwight Howard. They need another big body. So did I just lose you? Oh, okay. So I, I look at this and I like everything that's going on, but if they do trade their, probably their most dependable player, Cuervo, that could come back and snap them a little bit later on in the season as well. So they got to be very careful with that trade and get the right guy back in in return. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, if you're Atlanta, you you can't afford to miss on on a <clears throat> on getting trade value for for a guy. So I mean, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, especially with the with the East, it's it's getting better. I mean, the, the East right. Conference seems like it's getting a little bit better. I mean, Boston's a better team. Obviously, Cleveland's going to be there. Toronto is still hanging around. Um, I mean, you know, you've you've got – I mean, look at what the Miami Heat are doing. So, I mean, you would think with Dwayne Wade being gone now that that team would be tanking or they, they would just fall apart. What is, what is it now, 13 games in a row they've won? Yes, I think Something it is. Hold like on. That. I'll look that up. I'll look it up. I, but I think you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 13, and um, you know, so I'm not. Well, they I'm just not... lost one. They must have just lost one. Okay, well, they yeah, it must have been last night then. I think they they were up to thir- 12 or 13 games, and then they they just lost. So mm-hmm. um, you know, Miami same seems like Miami starting to uh, pick it up. Um, yeah, Miami's nine and one in the last ten, um, but then again, so is Boston. And look at Washington. And to, if you don't have the computer, Washington's thirty-two and twenty-one as well. They're mm-hmm. sitting third in the conference. I mean, and Washington. I mean, we, we, no one's talked about the Wizards for years. I mean, really, in reality. So it's really nice to see that team move up. But one of the things that really, you, you look at Miami where they are, that hurts. The Knicks. They're 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 got they're not just bad they're god awful but teams that were normally up there the Brooklyn Nets are nine and forty five Cuervo Orlando's twenty and thirty six um, and these are teams that not more than five years ago were up there battling for the top three or four positions in the uh, East Eastern Conference and not, now they're not there now we got. Washington, Toronto, Atlanta actually forcefully moving up. Indiana, who was good a couple of years ago, now trying to rebound and trying to get back to where they were. And for God's sake, the, the Bulls are 26 and 28. They're right there holding on to the eighth spot. So, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but when 
when you've got such a big difference on who's normally there, that tells me that other teams are trying to pick up on getting the right guys, getting the right personnel out there. Because I can't remember the last time the Washington Wizards were in the top eight within the Eastern Division or Conference. Well, I mean, they've, they've made the playoffs the past few years, Sonny, but I think the difference now is is that, you know, they've, they're winning on a more consistent basis. Um, yes. I think a few years ago they were like a five seed or a four seed or something like that. I think now they're in position for what, the three? Or yeah, the, the four? Three. Is the three the, seed. So, the three. so, yeah, they've gotten better. Uh, they actually – their coach is, is – Scotty Brooks, who was the Thunder's head coach. Um, exactly. You know, so, um, <clears throat> you know, John Wall is, is playing a lot better than than uh, he has before. I mean, he's he's becoming a more complete point guard, Sonny. I mean, he's, his game isn't just, um, you know, dishing the ball. And, I mean, he's becoming more of a scorer. Uh, and he right. has to. He has to. I mean, they lost, they lost Paul Pierce. A couple of years ago, um, you know, they've lost a couple of their other big men. Uh, I think Nene left. So, I mean, they, you know, Bradley Beal is still there. So, their their backcourt is good. Um, right. You know, they just need a little more help up front. So, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to make a move before the trade deadline, get them get them a big man. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally wasn't even thinking about the Pacers, too. I mean, the Pacers are, are a team. Yeah. Um, you know, with a healthy Paul George, of course. I mean, they're they're always a threat. Um, I remember last year I picked them to beat uh, Toronto in the first round of the playoffs, and I'll be damned if it almost didn't happen. So yeah, um, don't don't sleep on the Pacers. So um, I'm sure they'll get hot at the right time. The Knicks. I mean, the, honey, we can go we can go ten different ways with with talking about the New York Knicks. I mean that 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 whole situation is is just a you know it's a, it's a firestorm up there in New York and I know Nick fans don't want to hear it, but I think, I think you have to face the fact that this is a very, very badly run organization. And, and the people up there in New York, they deserve so much better than what they've been getting, Sonny. I mean, absolutely. And it just goes to show with, with the head coaching position up there and, and the, the ownership, quote, quote unquote, ownership or operations, you know, as much as I'm not, I'm not going to obviously put down uh, Jackson, but guess what? He's part of the problem. And there's a reason why that he wasn't, you know, part of the, you know, general manager. He, and the reason why he was just a coach. And I don't want to, I mean, the guy's got rings on his hands more, more than anybody, you know, more than anybody. That doesn't mean that you know how to run an organization. It means you know how to coach. You got, it, it, and there's just so, other, so much other things that he's got to worry about besides just coaching. And frankly, let's be honest. He's not good at it. And, you know, you're looking at the team, you know, he would – all you got to do is look at L.A., all right? Look at L.A. without him. They're sitting with Luke Walton, the next best thing that won all the games with when the Warriors were doing so good without their head coach. And they're still not much better. Um, so him going back to L.A. is going to happen, by the way. That will happen. But Phil Jackson just isn't good at what he's doing right now. Um, and no one will probably come out and say that. They'll place the blame on everything else. But let's just be honest here. He's part of figuring out who's going to coach this team. He's missed on that. He's part of the guy, the, the 
he's part of the decision makers on personnel. He's not good at that. He's part of the people who take care of where the organization is going to move forward. He's horrible at that. Um, so, I, you know, I don't want to blame Phil Jackson for what's going on out there, out, over there in New York, but I'm going to tell you he's the main reason why what's going on up there. And the simple fact of the matter is until they make that decision up there in New York, that's another team that's going to sit in oblivion where they're at right now, which is lost in that oblivion, and it's not going to get much better. No, it's not, Sonny. I mean, you know, I, I, I really – I'm kind of disappointed in how Phil Jackson's doing because I, I really expected more from him. But why, I think he, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I mean, he's, how many how many championships has he won? So, he, you know. yeah, yeah, uh, eleven, eleven rings. But, yeah, uh, I, mean, I think that's the thing, though. Too is is I think he's he's come to the realization that man, head coaching ain't the same as being a GM or a team president. Absolutely, it's, it's a lot different than just being a head coach. So. Um, Major come to Jesus for him, but how many millions has he brought home? You know, just running that that franchise into the ground, Cuervo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's you know, and and, and you know, handing out books to a player isn't going to fix this this mess up in New York. It's 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 a whole lot bigger than that. Yes. Well, and, and it'll be real interesting because guess what? Now, you know, if there's there's talks. I mean, he's going to go back to L.A. He's going to go where his woman is, okay? And whether or not – and with that organization, with the brother um, running everything, uh, Phil come in and just take over that role, the question will be where they are. But, God, just looking at – just you don't even have to watch what Luke Walton is doing, okay? You don't. And I hate to say that because I haven't. But all you got to do is take a look at the record. This is a fran- this is a storied franchise, okay. And the fact that you're 19 and 37, okay, it should be inexcusable, and it should be the enough for for um, for uh, what's her name, Jeannie uh, Bus, to take the step forward and say, "Well, brother, I love you. You're my brother, but you're done." And so far, she hasn't done that yet, Cuervo. And they're sitting at 18 and 37. If they're going to make a run for the top eight, they got to make those changes, get rid of him. Now, I don't know what those changes are going to be. Granted, they're not going to get Phil Jackson over there before next season. So they might be stuck with that whole situation. But the story franchise that are the L.A. Lakers and what we've been getting for the last, what, five seasons, Cuervo, that's not what you expect from Laker basketball. I'm sure the big dog is is just – just, you know, crying in his blanket, you know, in the corner, you know, just not even getting a performance from that team out on the basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. So, um, you know, the, the, the brother, um, Jim, Jim Buss or, or Jim Buss. Yeah. Jim. Yeah. He, he, he said that, and he made this vow three years ago or whatever, that it's, team wasn't a contender in three or four years that he would relinquish his wife to his sister. Now, yeah. is he actually going to do it? I guess we'll find out and we'll see, but it's going to take it's the money, though. Yeah, Jeannie's going to have to you know, hold him to his word on that, or else he's going to be like, oh, just one more year, just one more year. I already know yeah. how that's going to go. 
And the Brett Favre syndrome, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I think, you know, um, if if she really wants to take over, like like she says, and and it's just not working with with him as being the owner and whatnot, then um, she's just gonna have to take it from him. I mean, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's just gonna have to happen. Um, because whatever he's doing is not working, and and that's painfully obvious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 going to take some time for this thing to get better when it comes to you know the Lakers and and whatnot. So it, it, it's kind of crazy how you know the the Lakers are kind of thought of now as the second LA basketball team. Where yeah. It, 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 I, it's just it's just hard to fathom that thought. That, it should be embarrassing too. Yeah, they're like the little brother of of, of L.A. basketball in the NBA. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever saw that would see the day. Nobody thought they would see the day where the Clippers were were the the better run organization and the better talented team and the and the one thought of as you know like oh this is our this is our team in L.A. You know this is L.A. team now. And, it's just you know when you've won fifteen, sixteen championships as a, as a franchise, and you know the Clippers, the Clippers haven't even won that many playoff series. Exactly. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to imagine that we'd ever see these type of days. Um, you know, but the that's, Clippers that's, are thirty three and twenty one. Thirty three and twenty one compared to your the L A Lakers at nineteen and thirty seven. Now. I'm not this this is just me. And I don't think I'm very far away uh, on this thinking. If you are the Lakers, you got to beat the Clippers. Out of all the teams within this conference that they got, you've got to be able to beat the the same city rivalry team. And if you can't do that, that that tells you where you are as a franchise. But here's the thing, Cuervo, it's not the fact that they can't do it. They're being outran by them hugely. I mean, they've won 19 games this season. It's, you know, that is 14 better or 14 worse than the L.A. Clippers. If you're the Lakers, if you're the storied franchise that you are, you've got to look at that out of all the teams within this. And it doesn't even matter who it is, okay? You've got to be better at least than that team. They're not even close. And it's too far away. Um, to, to see, and the Clippers are four and six in the last in the last ten, and they can't even get up on them because they're four and six in the last ten. So they can't even take advantage of the LA Clippers not playing well right now. Yeah, no, they can't. And uh, I don't know, Sonny. I mean, it's 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 really crazy to think about. Um, but I think the Lakers will be fine. I mean, they 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 still have will? some value. Yeah, because I, I, here's the thing too. Like, what what have you been hearing this about Magic Johnson? I have heard about it, and that that if that ends up happening, I don't know. Cuervo, you, 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 what's that? What's that saying? The saving grace? Could it be? I I think if Genie winds up taking charge, Magic is going to find his way into the organization somehow. I've been hearing the rumors because the rumors are flying, you know, especially with how bad the teams were, you know, from my hearing, my understanding, he wants to be the general manager of this team. And he hasn't been quiet about it, Cuervo. That means he's talking, mm-hmm. I've heard it. 
So if I've heard it, that means he's talking. All right. Normally, I miss out on everything that's going on. I've been very busy for the last two years. But I'm I'm even hearing Magic Johnson wants to be the guy that makes the make, makes the decision for this franchise. Now, obviously, look what he's done. I mean, you can't say the Dodgers haven't been successful since he's taken it over. Now, granted, maybe did he pay too much for it? I don't know. But the success is definitely there, Cuervo. So uh, I, now put him in his own sport. How can he not be successful? That's the way. But that was the same thinking about Phil John- Jackson going on over to to New York. But at least Magic has proven his worth maybe in a different sport, but he's proven his worth. Yeah. I mean, you know, as the saying goes, you have to spend money to make money. And, that, and that's and that's been the, the thing with the Dodgers is they've spent a lot of money, but I'll be damned if they, they were that close to making the World Series this past year. So, yeah. you know, I mean, how long – how. I mean, it, it hasn't. It's, I mean, they they haven't been to the World Series in a while. They haven't gotten as close as they, they did last been, year. They haven't been in the discussion. Yeah, and and it's been it's been since what the late '80s, since they've since they've made it. Now they yeah. I mean, they like I said, they were they were right there. They were right there. So and they're going to be there again this year. The Dodgers are. How much do you um, think? How much do you think Magic would want to be the general manager of that that team? How much? How much would that actually cost Jenny Bus and the LA Lakers to have the uh, really the cornerstone of your franchise running the franchise? I tell you, Sonny, I I I don't think it's going to cost them much. I don't think Magic cares about making money uh, as a Lakers GM. I, I think he. It's kind of like Tom Brady. He'll take a pay cut. He won't. He doesn't care to make what other GMs make because, honestly, that's how much the Lakers mean to him. And when something means that much to you, you're not. You don't care about making a profit, or you don't care about. Well, I want to be a top five paid GM. He'll he'll do it for you know, for for a bag of peanuts and and a, and a seat in a, in a in a you know in a suite in the, in the stadium. So yeah, honestly, I mean, if if they do it right, the magic he he'll he'll take the job for the average pay. He's not going to ask for a lot. That's how much the Lakers mean to him. I mean, he's passionate about changing this thing around. Everything I'm hearing about, because I even down in near San Diego where I live, Sonny, I get the L.A. radio up here uh, down there. Right. Mm-hmm. So and. Like he is, he Magic is sincerely like passionate about wanting to be a part of the Lakers organization, not just not just as an ambassador, not just as a spokesperson, but Mm -hmm. in an actual position to make this team better. Not not just through words, but through actual like through actions. Like, hey, we're going to get rid of you know, A, B, and C guy, and we're going to get A, B, and C guy. Like, that's that's what he wants to do. He wants to really make an impact and turn this thing around. And, and uh, there are a couple of player signings. That's it. And you got to be able to, first of all, like you said, Cuervo, spend the money. If, if you're willing to spend the money as an organization, you have the upper hand, without question. Um, now, granted, the rules and regulations on where they spend that and how much they, that will be determined. But listen, if there's a will, there's a way in his thinking. All you got to do is look at the acquisition of the Dodgers for him. Okay, there was a will, there was a way. And what was the will? 
paying more money. Um, frankly, let's be honest, no one's going to question the credibility of Magic Johnson when he's bringing millions and millions and millions of dollars to the table. So you don't have to worry about the credibility or his, le- his legacy. What Magic Johnson is worried about, Cuervo, it's not necessarily his legacy. It's the legacy of the franchise. Because I, 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 can't, tell you, I, I can't tell you when the last time the Lakers were this bad. I don't think they ever were. And that's and that's what needs to happen. That's what Magic Johnson wants to say. Hey, listen, I was part of the solution of this problem. I solved it, and I got the legacy of my story franchise that I was the cornerstone that pretty much started all to where it is today, and I got it back there. I think he wants that for his legacy for his team more so than himself and that might be the best thing for him yeah yeah and, and I mean I mean magic is that guy aside from Kobe that the Laker nation just would love nothing more than to see him as part of the this turnaround that they that needs to happen I mean yep you know I mean it, it would mean that much to him I mean the, the fans um, would embrace it, of course. Um, of course. I, I, I just, it's just a simple of matter of just saying, yes, Magic, you can, you know, you can be this, you know, GM or team president or whatever it is that he's looking to do. All, all, all they have to do is, is say yes. It's not that hard. I mean, it's going to become it, another, it's going to become another Steinbrenner situation, Sonny, if, if you continue to let the brother be a part of this. Absolutely. And, and Cuervo, it feels like. I'm going to tell you right now, if Magic Johnson, listen, Magic Johnson, Johnson has not been that vocal about this until now. Guess what? Nothing happened then. When Magic Johnson starts talking, Cuervo, things seem to happen. And something tells me that's no different than what may end up happening here. I'm going to put it on the line right now. Magic Johnson is going to be running this franchise in some way, shape, or form. And Jim or, or whatever his name is, he's going to be gone. And Jeannie Buss is going to, going to go ahead and say, you know what? It's time for some, we need a little magic. We need a little magic Johnson. And in, in order to bring this franchise back to what it is. And, and, and since he's talking about a clear goal, I'm going to tell you right now it's going to happen. And there's a couple reasons why. Number one, all you got to do is look at the performance of the franchise where it is as a franchise. Forget the team, but the franchise is losing its luster on what they have been over the last 35 years to 40 years in, in basketball. That having been said, then you've got to do something about it. The only thing that really – Magic Johnson couldn't be worse than what's going on right now. So you, you do one thing. You put Magic Johnson right in front of that bus, Okay and let him drive it, it also drives the fans back. And that's what they need. Let's be honest. The, the attendance has got to be down. I haven't seen it, but it's got to be down. You can get tickets to see the Lakers. You couldn't say that 10 years ago, Cuervo. Um, so that, that being said, it will drive the fans back, which in turn gives them more money, gives them more position to go ahead and find the players. And that's going to be the huge thing. 
And Magic Johnson put it together. Not that can he find talent. Let's be honest. Anybody knows who's good in the NBA. It's whether or not that the chemistry can be put together, and that's going to be the big question. And I think Magic Johnson's going to do it. And I think, and you, I don't know if anybody else said it. I, I'm going to say it here first that I know what Magic Johnson's going to be a part of this organization next year, without question, and especially in the way that they're going right now. Well, he needs to be. He needs to be because. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he is a big part of history with that, with the Lakers organization. I mean, how many championships did Magic six. win as, as a Lakers? Six. Five? I think five, five or six. six. Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's a huge part of it. You know, and honestly, I'm surprised there isn't more involvement with past Laker legends, you know, I mean, I'm surprised, you know, guys like James Worthy or, or, or Kareem aren't part of it. And, you know, maybe they didn't they have to. Not to. Well, no, they didn't have to, Cuervo. They didn't have to. There was an excuse to do it because what do they always say? I, and I don't know, every place I've worked, or the biggest thing in any workplace is that if it's not broken, don't fix it. Well, guess what? There was no need to bring those guys in. It wasn't broken. Guess what? Not only is it broken, I don't know if you can put the pieces back together if you let it go much longer to where you don't want to turn your story franchise, Cuervo. In reality, when you think about it, you don't want to turn this franchise into a franchise that's known for losing. And right now, they're gaining that reputation, and it's something that they – and they can't get out of it until something drastic is going to change. Now, that drastic change is definitely going to have to be a change at the, at the front office for both. There's and, there, and that has to be Magic Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Sonny. I mean, you know, another, another thing, too, wouldn't hurt to that do too. is uh, do, 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 it, do whatever it takes to get Jerry West back. Absolutely. You gotta get him you gotta get him away from Golden He's over in Golden State right now, right? Yeah, he's with Golden State. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who's on top over there in the West? Yeah, yeah that's Golden State. Yeah. Yep. Listen, listen, if Walt, if Luke Walton was worth a damn they would never let the guy go. Right? I mean, really if you think about it, Cuervo. I mean mm-hmm. he, he, Luke Walton is gone. But Jerry West is still over there. Jerry West says, okay, that's where you want to go. Go ahead. I mean, if you want to go ahead and coach that team, you can go ahead and do so. Now, granted, how long the coach is going to be there as long as they're successful? Yeah, ride the train. I mean, I think he really missed. Luke Walton, that was a big, big mistake for him to take that job over there. I I really do. I honestly believe it. And, and I think it might might have killed his career. This guy needs to learn a little bit more. He had the talent. It wasn't him that was obviously leading that team to have the record that it had. So, but at the same time, I understand why he took it, but it turned out to be the mistake, I think, in reality. It turned out to be a mistake for the L.A. Lakers. So, here's what we're going to do. Let's take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We're also going to dive back into the Super Bowl, Cuervo. Lots of things to talk about the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little more about the NFL when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. 
You know, I mean, some of the moves that he has made, yeah, they're questionable. I mean, trading for Derrick Rose, um, I, I mean, it, it, you can you can make the argument that it was a bad move. Um, but you look at a lot of the dead weight that they got rid of. I mean, Brooke Lopez wasn't really a key factor. Calderon hit a couple of big shots here and there, but was he really a key contributor to the team? Um you know, so, I mean, bringing in a, a point guard like Derrick Rose, I mean, he was still an effective player, I guess, when even even his last days with the Bulls, he was still making a difference. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, now the, the big question is obviously what happens with Carmelo Anthony. And, and um, you know, do they keep him? Do they move him? Do they try and work things out? Uh, because if if the Knicks lose Carmelo Anthony, I mean that that's that's pretty much you're pretty much telling everybody that is associated with the Knicks that we're just going to go ahead and start prepping for next year. Because as much as you may hate Carmelo, or much as, as much as you may not think of him as a as a team player, I mean he's the best player on that team. So um, when you get rid of a guy that averages twenty twenty two twenty three twenty four points a game. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they get in return if they do trade him. Um, but, um, you know, once you get rid of Carmelo, that's pretty much you're telling your, your season, uh, you're telling your fans and and everybody that the season is over. Sonny, are you back? Uh, no Sonny Clark yet. Okay. So, um, I'm not really sure where he wanted to go next, but, um, I know he mentioned the Super Bowl, so I mean, what else is there really to say? That was in the—I don't know if I want to say the greatest Super Bowl yet. I think that's an emotional comment to make, but it was a historic one, that's for sure. I mean, you talk about the first overtime, you talk about the comeback that the Patriots made, um, and obviously Tom Brady winning his fifth Super Bowl. Um, you know, no quarterback has done that, so. It was really, it was one for the ages. I know, I'll tell you that right now. It's probably, I would have to put it in the top three of greatest Super Bowls of all time. I don't know if it's the greatest. I don't know if it's, um, you know, beats out, um, you know, some of the, uh, some of those uh, Steeler Cowboy ones from back in the seventies, or if it beats out. Uh, you know, the one two years ago from the Patriots and the Seahawks or, or the, even the Giants and Patriots. I mean, those were some great Super Bowls too, but um, just I think the, the the records and the history that it made really propels that Super Bowl into being a top three all time. So it's uh, – I, and I just can't believe how Atlanta – you know, people could say, well, the Patriots did a great job coming back in that game, but I'm sorry, Atlanta choked. They they choked that thing away. I mean, how, you cannot tell me that with a 25-point lead and you've got just about a quarter and a half to play with a 25-point lead and you let that thing go, how can you not say that it was a choke job or that it wasn't a choke job by the Falcons. It was a choke job. Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. Sorry, everything cool? Are you are you gonna? Yeah, stick everything good. I, 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 a friend of mine's driving back from uh, Wichita Falls. I just wanted to make sure he wasn't broken down in case I needed to go grab him and pick him up. Uh, but he just wanted to talk about something. But that being said, uh, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't a choke job. <laughs> it, it, oh, yeah. you know, it, 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 it was a choke job uh, Big time for the Falcons But I've never seen Normally when you see a choke job Like that Normally you will take a look at it and, and say Well What else happened in that game And you know And in this game It's different I'm going to tell you right now, I think I, I don't know if I put it out on my post, but Cuervo, with as bad as they choked, okay, if this was 93% of any other quarterback in the NFL, they would have still won that football game. Hmm. Wait, Cuervo, so, I mean, Cuervo, who, who, can do, who can do what Tom Brady did? Can Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, right? Aaron Rodgers could do that. I, I think he could. Looking at all the quarterbacks in this in the NFL right now, the only one I think that could really do it, Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees, I don't think he has it enough in him anymore. I, I, I like him, but I don't think he's good. Andrew Luck's not good enough yet, even though he's good. Um, you know, I, I can't I can't think of any other quarterback that can do it. That if if his last name is not Brady, that could have pulled that off. So there was a combination of both sides. They choked it up big time, but it needed to be a special quarterback to get that job done in order for it to happen. Um, yeah, I, I'm going through the NFL in my head, and I cannot think of an NFL quarterback except Aaron Rodgers that could have done what he did. I, can you, or am I missing somebody? Is it just Aaron Rodgers? No, I, I, I think, I think you're pretty much on it, Sonny. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, and just, just spitballing names out here. I mean, you could, you could maybe bring up Russell Wilson or Joe Flacco. I mean, those are guys that, that have Super Bowl rings as well, but, um, you know. They're not consistently good, of, though, are they, Cuervo? Would you, well, would you put, mean, would you put Flacco and and uh, Russell Wilson up there with Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to tell you, I think the the margin is not a little. I think it's a long margin. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying those guys are as good as as Aaron Rodgers is. When you now now here's the here's the here's the thing though. Do you put Aaron Rodgers with his team or with the Patriots team? You know, does he get does Aaron Rodgers get his guys, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and all those, or do you put Aaron Rodgers in a Patriots uniform and you say, okay, there's eight minutes left in the third quarter, you're down 25 points, go, and he wins the game. Like, which one is I, I think it? it could be. I think it could be the, the, the latter of that. And the reason why, I'll just mention one name, Jordy Nelson. Come on. Jordy Nelson's a good wide receiver. Let's, I'll be honest with you. He's good. But would he be a number one on any other football team, Cuervo? Really, I mean, think about it. If he never made his name in Green Bay, Jordy Nelson's a skinny little run. He wouldn't be the number one quarterback or number one target on almost any other football team, right, Cuervo? So what he is doing, he he takes Jordy Nelson, okay, who wasn't the first-round draft pick by any stretch, and made him what he is today. That's exactly what Tom Brady does. 
okay? He takes, you know, Amendola, um, Wes Welker at one point. Um, Nobody dies and, and make them superstars. There's, no, there's only two quarterbacks in the NFL that can do that right now. And I think, yes, I think you could take Aaron Rodgers, put him in a, um, in a Patriots uniform, and they might have won that, and they probably would have won that game too. With the collapse, obviously, coming from, from the Atlanta Falcons side. Yeah, I think it could have been that. But take anybody else and put them in a, uh, a Patriots uniform, I don't think they could. Because there's not too many other quarterbacks out there that are making, you know, no-name people special talents. And the last other person that I thought of that could do that is obviously your boy from Tennessee. And take away from those three guys. I don't know who makes those guys better. Because let's be honest, Pierre Garçon is nobody. Come on. Without a quarterback, he's nobody. Um, it, you know, uh, go back to Danny Amadola. Who made that crazy catch um, in the Super Bowl? It's Julian Edelman. Yeah, at Julian Edelman. Come on, these are guys that are nobody. Not only that, if you take a look at them, none of them stand more than six feet too tall. Okay, so they're not like the biggest dudes out there. The guys that make Jordy Nelson and those other guys are quarterbacks. Pierre Garçon. Pierre Garçon was a badass in Indianapolis when Peyton Manning was throwing the football. Hell, you know that. I mean, these are the kind of quarterbacks that make make wide receivers better. To a certain extent, Drew Brees did. Because let's be honest, that's a guy. Marcus Colston, listen, I don't think he's a great wide receiver. But he's on the cusp of being great. Why? Because he has someone that can deliver him the football. I don't think Drew Brees could get that job done. He's close. But I can't – I mean, I'm rolling through the NFL to find out who could actually do what Tom Brady did, and I think there's only one other one, I, I think, that could be in a Patriot uniform. Yeah, no, you're right. I'll, I'll give you that one, Sonny. I mean, I, like I said, I was just spitballing names that have rings, and, you know, Wilson, Flacco came to mind. Um, I mean, it, it maybe if he was healthier than what, what he's been the past couple of years – you could make the argument that possibly, possibly Ben Roethlisberger could pull it off. Possibly. possibly. A healthy Roethlisberger. But I think he'd have to have his own team, though, Cuervo. Yeah. I would yeah. think it would have to be a Steelers team. I don't think he can, can go up because that system is totally different than what he's playing when he's successful mm-hmm. than what's going on over there in, in New England, I think. I well, think. And, and, now, and not just that. Not just that. Sorry to cut you off, saying, but uh, mm-hmm. you do get a little, you do get a little spoiled when you have a guy like Antonio Brown on your team. When who catches absolutely twenty five balls like a year, so that that kind of helps out too. But um, you know, Tom Brady doesn't have that. Right. He, he doesn't have. It. You're yeah. absolutely right. Could you imagine if he did? Well, look what he did with Randy Moss when he had that. I mean, Randy Marsh, right. what, they broke records right and left. Imagine if this guy, if he actually had someone to throw the football to over the last, what, seven years since Randy Moss has been there? Can mm-hmm. you imagine what the, what the numbers would be if they had a Randy Moss, if they had a Calvin Johnson, if they had a guy that, or, you know, like an Antonio Brown, guys that can actually go deep on this football team? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we're talking right now, Tom Brady's the best quarterback. Now, that, that's the big question. Listen, has, has Tom Brady silenced all those Joe Montana critics? 
I think most of them except Joe Montana himself, yeah. You think Joe Montana still thinks he's the best? I don't know. I don't know his demeanor, so I can't answer that question. Well, I mean, he's he's. There's already, uh, it's it's been out there. An article was written that um, somebody asked Montana, and he's not willing to say that Brady is the best ever. So, wow, interesting. interesting. I wonder who yeah, he thinks what, is the best. He, I'm sure he probably thinks. I don't know if he'd say himself. He'd probably go with somebody like. Uh, stall back or something. If it, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I haven't. I didn't read the article, so I don't know, Sonny. But got it. Okay. Probably somebody he grew up watching. Probably. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, the Colts quarterback uh, in United. the day, Johnny United. That, now, that was my only argument, Cuervo. Really, to be honest, I mean, and and thank my dad for bringing this up because I didn't even have Johnny U on my mind. But you know, look what the look what this guy did. I mean, so yeah, I think he even surpasses Johnny Unitas. I really do. I, um, you know, I thought Tom Brady was the best quarterback before the Super Bowl. I mean, well, you've heard this show. Um, it's real simple. If you don't want, if you want to deny the guy because you got a personal vendetta against him, or you just don't like him, or you don't like the conditions that he want on, that's fine. But you, you can't argue with the stats. Okay, sometimes it's hard to argue with the stats. And you want to argue, you know, all the quote-unquote cheating that went on. Guess what? That didn't happen in the Super Bowl. That happened leading up to the Super Bowl. It didn't actually happen in the game. You know what I'm saying? So I look at all the nonsense about the break gate, spy gate, and any other gate, or someone catching the ball defensively or making a big stop in order for him to win the Super Bowl, whatever, all that stuff. I look at that as plain excuses. What happens in the game that brought those Super Bowls, the five that he's got for each hand now, okay, more than any other quarterback in there, even before that, he had four. I mean, come on. I mean, listen, I love Terry Bradshaw, but, God, Terry Bradshaw can't carry Tom Tom Brady's job, and he's willing to admit it. I mean, who's the other one that has four quarterbacks? No, Aikman doesn't have four, does he? No. Aikman's got three. Aikman's got three. Montana's the only other one that has four, right? Yeah. It's Montana, I, I, Bradshaw, and... I'm sorry, even the story yeah. franchise that were the, the San Francisco 49ers um, were there. And here's another thing, and I hate to admit it because I actually tripped into this, and, and I hate to admit when the, when the herd is right. I hate to admit it. You know that. I, I'm not a great big fan of this guy. And he made a very valid point. Everybody talks about, is it Brady, is it, uh, is it Belichick, or is it the system? Why can't it be all of them? I, you know, I agree with him. My God, why can't it be all of them? Why can't Tom Brady be the best quarterback to ever play the game and Bill Belichick be the best, uh, best head coach and have the best system? Why can't it be that? Okay, here's the system. This is what Bill Belichick is running. Guess what? He's going to go find the players that fit best for that mold. And, I mean, and you go back. You know, you want to talk about the best? Okay, let's go to Terry Bradshaw. Who was his head coach? Go Chuck to Moore. Joe Montana. Exactly. Who was that? John, um, um, uh, Joe Montana. Walsh was that. Walsh. Why can't it? Why can't it be? All of it put together. Why, why does it have to be, oh, you know, Tom Brady's so good because of Belichick's system? Why can't it be? Guess what? Someone's got to run the system. And guess what? In order for them to win five Super Bowls, you've got to be smart. 
Okay, why can't it be that he is smart and the best quarterback of all time? Not because it's the system. Yes, he adapted to the system, but guess what? That's what won the championships. I'm sorry. It's more about the player that can run the system. And you can say whatever you want, but if it wasn't Tom Brady, how about if it's such the system, all right, let, let, let's throw my boy in there. Let's, let, let's throw my boy in there. Let's bring in Brian Hoyer over to the Patriots. Would Brian Hoyer be a five-time Super Bowl champion? Would he be one, two, or three? I got news for you. It wouldn't be. So as much as everybody wants to talk about the system, anybody could go back there and do that. I got news for you. It, it, it can't be. And here's another thing. Let's talk about it. I, I, you know, I, and I love him. I love Andrew Luck. I don't think Andrew Luck could do this. I don't think he's got it. Um, and talk, about all the, talk about all the other quarterbacks that could do it. Guess what? None of them, I think, could do it, whether they're not smart enough, athletic enough, or know the system enough. You know, so it's not the system. I'm going to sit here, and I will fight that all day long. It's, not the, it's, it's partially the system, but someone's got to run it. Someone's got to run the system. And if you're not smart enough, good enough, um, uh, or talented enough, to do what has to be done. Or how about this? Put your ego to the side and run the system instead of going in there with the ego that you already have if you've been successful. I, I, I just, I don't, I, I see the argument for the system, but the simple fact of the matter is, is you got to have the right guy to run the system. Whether it's Bill Belichick, hey, Bill Belichick calls the plays. He doesn't execute the plays out on the football field. And so Belichick kind of gets looked back on this, you know, yeah, I think I, I, it's got to be the quarterback. It, it's not the system. It's not the head coach. I mean, I, you can throw Russell Wilson in there. I don't think he can get the job done. You can throw the other names that you were talking about, um, Joe Flacco. I don't think Joe Flacco could get it done either. So, I, you know, like when you're throwing those fit wads, that's what I kind of think about. You just put those guys in that. Do you think that they really could get the job done? Yeah, and, and and I mean it. It really, uh, and what what it comes down to is just speaking the language of that system, and and that's why, obviously, we're saying that none of these guys would be able to do it. If you gave them enough time, eh, they might be able to pull off one championship, but it's not going to be five like Tom Brady yeah. does. And exactly. now maybe so, two. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, I mean, it's. It's it's an intelligence thing, Sonny. I mean, the the, the guy smart is a lot smarter than than people uh, um, take him for. I mean, this is a sixth round pick that everybody underestimated him because of his size and his speed, and that's why the combine. I mean, I don't know why people pay so much attention to what a player does at the combine. The hell with the combine. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's a uh, you know. It doesn't really do anything. You really don't get anything out of it. Even these right. guys that 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 you know do real well at the combine itself, it's very rare that the combine makes a player better. I mean that, no. uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I agree. All you have to all you have to do is go back and 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 look at them in in a real life situation in in a game. Did they come up with the big play? Did they 
did they make a mistake on a big play? You know, when you're talking mm-hmm. about the quarterbacks, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I want to believe a guy like Deshaun Watson from Clemson is going to be a good quarterback, Sonny. But at the same time, how many of of those mobile quarterbacks, guys like that, how often do they really pan out? They don't. That, that's my that's my only question. You know, what I mean, Dak Prescott, it's looking great in Dallas right now. Mm-hmm. I know you got the locals down there listening. I'm just curious to see is can he do it again next year? And I'm not I, saying I, I don't he's not going much to or he can't. You know, I'm not saying he can't do it or he's not going to. I just as great as it looked this year, okay, well let let me see it again and then maybe I'll start yep. becoming a true believer in in uh, you know, those type of quarterbacks. Because right now, who's winning in the NFL? The pocket passer. Absolutely. Pass, it's it, you know, I mean, it's not rocket science. Those are the guys that continue to do well in the NFL. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. um, yep. you, know, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, those guys, they're all pocket passers. That's what you mm-hmm. have to have. You have to have a guy that can make the throws, that can sit in the pocket, that don't get happy feet, that allow plays to, to develop. Okay, that that's a big thing too, and, and right now, you know Prescott, what he showed his rookie year, he's got the patience. He doesn't have the happy feet. He's got him if he needs to do it, but he's not a guy that is going to, uh, you know, just take off because he sees an opportunity to, uh, you know, score more fantasy points for you know for his for himself or whatever. So, right, um, you know, it, it's all about his decision having making is great. His it really is. making this. It, it's incredible. I mean, you're it talking really about a rookie going in there and do that. Listen, this guy will stick in the pos- pocket more than than Tony Romo, for God's sake. Um, now, granted, that might be because he gets blasted all the time. And talking about Tony Romo, but at the same time, the the guy that stays in the pocket more is Dak Prescott, and you know, and and, and usually when you see Dak Prescott. It's after a complete meltdown on what's happening in the secondary, whether the secondary is all over the receivers. That is usually, it's more, here's what I say. It's longer than five seconds for him to make that decision to go ahead and take off and run. And more so than if it was those typical guys that we're talking about that play that position, it's three and four seconds before they make that decision to go off and run. And that two more seconds of patience will make him better than those other kind of players that play that kind of game. Right. And, you know, and, and again, that, that's just, that just goes back to uh, just having, having the intelligence and, 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 having that time, that clock in your head to know like, yep. okay, if I don't get the, if I don't get a pass off in X amount of seconds, which normally it's about three or four, um, mm-hmm. then, then it's time to start thinking about making plays in another way. So, um, yep. you know, some guys, that first some guy, guys he's, yeah, he's crazy good. He's crazy good. I mean, but at the same time, Corvo, what do I always say? Give the defensive coordinators the off season to break down his film, that's the reason why quarterbacks have sophomore slumps. That's why a second-year quarterback has to reinvent himself in the second year. That's the reason why. And if they can't do it, then they're not successful. And I'm with you, Cuervo. That's why I don't think Tony Romo's going anywhere. 
Tony Romo is going to be a Dallas Cowboy. And, the, and if they're not smart enough to see the fact that most defensive coordinators are going to have the full offseason to figure out what to do with Dak Prescott, they're, they're absolutely crazy if they're going to either A, cut, and that's what I've been reading uh, here. And they might cut Tony Romo. They're not cutting Tony Romo. Here's the, here's the best thing. No matter who starts a quarterback, okay, you got the best backup quarterback in the NFL. And the Dallas Cowboys already know what it's like to play without a, a backup quarterback. And I don't think they're that stupid to take that step backward. Now, will it be done in a different way? Could Tony Romo be a coach and then maybe he has to go ahead and sign and play if that gets hurt or whatever the case may be? Absolutely. I think that could be, uh, it could be the scenario. Dak Prescott and Tony Romo are joined at the hip. Now, whoever's going to start is going to start, but uh, Tony Romo isn't going anywhere. And, we can, uh, and I know there's lots of debate. I'm reading how this guy's going to get either cut or unless, unless someone's going to offer out a major trade, which no one is because no one's wanting to suck up the $42 million for Tony Romo, the broken down, broken shoulder, double broken shoulder quarterback. Um, yeah. and can't get out of trouble. Um, so no one's going to pay $42 million to grab up Tony Romo. So the, the, but the Dallas Cowboys aren't going to cut him. Dallas Cowboys might renegotiate his contract and make him a coach, whatever the case may be. But either way, if he stays a player, they got the best backup quarterback in the NFL hands down. It's, and, and by the way, Cuervo, it's not even close. You think so? Who's the best backup quarterback in the NFL if it's not Tony Romo or Dak Prescott? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get your point, Tony. Man. It's, a, it's, a, it's a good point. Um, I mean, And then I just can't... go back two years ago and, and see what this team did without a real backup quarterback on this football team. It just goes I mean, to show the value. We talk about it on this show. The most important position out on the football field is the quarterback. The second we arguably could be a backup quarterback. I say offensive line, then backup quarterback. But yeah, left tackle. He, he, left tackle. Yeah, exactly. Or right tackle if he's left-handed. Um, but <laughs> you, you look at it that way, Cuervo, that's kind of the way you – I mean, I, I, I'll put it out there. The Dallas Cowboys would be crazy to let Tony Romo go, whether it be cutting or training. It would be the – Biggest mistake that this franchise could do because we already seen what Tony Romo can do just with one drive when he came in that game um, in the last game of the season. He drove that he drove that team right down. Why? Because the offensive line in the team have a different mindset, and that different mindset came from Dak Prescott. Okay, I've been called a fool. That and and I think even Tarvin even said, "Sonny, you're crazy." This team did not block for Tony Romo. I mean, I don't know. I, if you get two broken collarbones in the same season, and literally with the same squad next year, Cuervo, Zach Prescott is a superstar, someone wasn't blocking for Tony Romo. I mean, I, I, I guess I could open and shut the book, but, I mean, why all of a sudden is this offensive line better when you've got a rookie quarterback in there Okay, which, by the way, remained healthy all year long. Didn't take, you know, didn't sit out because he got hurt. But yet Tony Romo, the offensive, with the offensive line or the team would not play. It's simple. This team did not protect Tony Romo. And why that is, that's going to be the question until the book is written. 
Well, I mean, honestly, Sonny, Tony Romo's going to, if he's going to stay in Dallas, he's going to have to humble himself and realize that, first of all, he's not going to start for this team unless something drastically happens uh, yep. between, you know, Dak Prescott and, 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 you know, he just, like, all of a sudden forgets how to play or he gets hurt. Um, but regardless, I mean, he's going to have to, he's, if he's going to stay in Dallas, he's taking. He's going to have to take a huge pay cut, and you know, it, it now becomes a matter of is he willing to do that? And Jerry know, just gave it to him in a bonus Cuervo, right? I mean, he he could. I mean, he's the owner; he can do what he wants. So I don't know if that's what he would choose to do. But um, but his regular salary, it's it's. I mean, it, it can't be more than five million. There's no way it can be more than five. Because, I mean, I mean, the best backup right now, besides Tony Romo, really honestly, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. That's probably the the best backup in the NFL. Second right year now. player, right? And he wasn't he a rookie last year? Or is he a Garoppolo? Second year player? Yeah. No, no, he's he's been around for a couple of years now, but got it. Okay. Um, and that's even if he stays in New England. I mean, there's there's you know obviously. Um, there's teams interested in trading for Garoppolo. Um, so whether he even stays in New England is, is the question. But, um, you know, right now you can you can make the argument he's the best he's the best backup in the league. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I but for, it, for... The, the salary doesn't change very much, Cuervo, with the scenario of Dak Prescott. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. It's real simple. If Dak Prescott wasn't capable of leaving this team, Tony Romo would be the quarterback. What's the difference in salary? Nothing. It's the same. If so, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the number is the same, regardless if Tony Romo is going to start or sit the bench. Now everybody's talking about, well, is it worth it? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. The salary would be the same if Tony Romo had the great season, right? And if they go into next year, the salary would be the same thing. It wouldn't be any different. Now, whether or not they're paying for that, you know, is a smart thing. That could be an argument to have, and that's fine, and I get it, and I can see the argument for both sides. But the simple fact of the matter is that Tony Romo had the great season. Dak Prescott would be making the same amount of money next year as he is this year, and, and, and vice versa. There's no difference to have these two guys on your football team just because Tony Romo's not your starting quarterback. Jerry Jones, I don't think Jerry Jones cares about that. I think Jerry Jones said, I, I think Jerry Jones sucks it up. You know, hey, whether whether it's Tony Romo, my salary was going to be the same thing. I'm going to pay out the same thing if it was Tony Romo having a great season. Guess what? It's but you know, okay, you know, I throw away some more millions that I do on a daily basis. You know, it, there's no difference in reality. That's why I think he stays. I mean, because if Tony Romo had a great season, it'd be the same salary next year. He'd be getting paid what the contract called for. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Sonny, I think I don't necessarily think that it's going to be the decision of the Cowboys that he stays in Dallas. I think it's going to be more of, oh, we're stuck with him. Because here's the thing. Think about it, Sonny. You just, you just told the other 31 teams that you're willing to cut him if you don't yes. 
if they don't get a trade offer? Well, now guess what the other one thirty other thirty one teams are thinking? Hey, well wait, he ain't gonna make an offer. We're not making an yeah. offer. So go ahead, cut him. I dare you. And, and the waiver wire, pick you know who's right at the top on the waiver wire? Yeah, it's the order so of the draft. Somebody's gonna <laughs> grab him for for a, for a bag of potatoes. You exactly. Just, you just the Dallas Cowboys just screwed themselves, Sonny, by by making Huge. it public, making it public that they will cut him if they don't get a good trade offer. Okay, well, guess what? Now you're not going to get a trade offer, you big dummies. Why did yeah. you <laughs> mention that? Like, why did you make it public? <laughs> you probably shouldn't be giving to the public for for people to know. I mean that that that's I would think that's something you probably kind of keep keep hush hush. It's ludicrous. <laughs> it's I mean, ludicrous. You don't put it. it out there. So it, Dallas is probably going to wind up being stuck with Romo. Not that they want to keep him because oh Tony's done so much for the organization. Oh oh he means so much. No, you're stuck with him because yeah. you let everybody know that you'll just cut him before if you don't get a good trade offer. Well, good luck with that. Now, now teams are just going to wait for you to cut him. They're going to call your bluff. Now, now the question I have, Cuervo, is is did they say that, or is this just Dan Garazano's thinking of what would happen? And that's the big question. I I just seen it uh, on the highlight, so I don't know. Was he told that that was going to happen? I haven't read the article, but I I was sitting there looking at this thing and asking myself, you know, it. it why would he think that more than anything? And I haven't had time to read the article because, I mean, did you see it on ESPN too? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I, and I'm, maybe I'm just assuming that it's true. The the this report that came out, um, but regardless, now the talk is, well, hey, hey, are you guys going to cut him? Are you guys going to cut him? Like, what's what's going on with Tony Romo? Mm-hmm. Like. And, and, of course, they're going to deny it. No, no, we have no intentions of cutting him. And it's like, what do you say at that point? We're still, we're still entertaining offers. Uh, he's, on, he's on the trade block. Or, you know, now what does that do for Tony Romo? What does that, exactly. what does that do for him? You know, I don't know. It just, it's, it's that reporter just totally, I don't know if he's just, like, against the, I don't know if he works for Dallas or if he works for someone else, or but he just totally screwed the Dallas Cowboys over. I by agree with one, you. That and, the, and, and that guy, if he's not, that guy probably will never get media creds ever again because it might. I think you're right, Cuervo. It might have put a major shock in what the Dallas Cowboys were going to do. And I I hate to say this. This is really simple. You you don't have to – you got to – if you're a reporter, you got to do what you got to do. And I get it and everything else. And like I said, if they somehow tip a hand, and even by accident, I I mean, Jerry Jones has a long memory. I mean, Long memory, and and this is a guy that isn't going to let anybody off, you know, you know, off the, you know, off the handlight. So I, I honestly, I don't know what the. I just saw the video, and I obviously not listening to it, but I want, I when, once obviously we get off air, and then we'll go back and read, listen to it. 
But my big question is, is where is he getting his information and why does he feel that way? Um, now, if it's because he heard it from somebody within this, you know, unidentified source, because if anybody sourced that, they'd be out of a job. Um, that would be a very interesting situation what's happening down there. Um, wow, craziness going on. I, I don't know. Tony Romo, I, you know, I, th- there's just a couple of things that I have in mind. I, I mean, I really do. Yeah, and you can, you can cross Arizona off that list, Sonny, because Carson Palmer is um, going to come back. He's going to come back next year. So I don't think Arizona has any interest in bringing Tony Romo in. Do you think if they could get Tony Romo, even right now with Carson Palmer? I mean, I mean, I, I, did, did, did Palmer resign, or is, or is his intentions on signing? No, well, I mean, I, I guess it's he's still under contract. I mean, didn't he just sign that extension what two years ago, something like that? Um, well, that's an interesting thing. Well, I'm going to look it up because that's the great thing about Google. You can find out what's going on, you know, somewhat. Here we go. Uh, signed a one-year, uh, 24.35 contract with the Arizona Cardinals, including a 6.75 signing bonus, along with $21 million in guaranteed average salary, $24 million. The question is, is when did he sign that contract? That's the big question. So I'm, I'm pulling that up right now. He signed that contract. Um, let's see here. In 2017, uh, Palmer will earn a base salary of $15.5 million and a roster bonus of $2 million. Uh, Palmer um, has a hat cap. Oh, this is, the, this is the reason why it might not happen, Cuervo. He has a $24.15 million uh, cap hit that's dead money. Dead money. So the, the, our, our, that's not the, what the amount on the dead money is actually 28.750 dead money. So they could save the $24 million, but the cap hit is 28. You, you, Cuervo, you might be right. That's too much money for the Arizona Cardinals to suck up. Now, if it was Dallas, they wouldn't care. So I think you might be right. He might be out of the question there in Arizona unless something happens to Carson Palmer in the offseason before he gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if, if he doesn't make it to the to the regular season, then you, you could possibly see – uh, yeah, I think you're right. That those numbers are too big. Those numbers are way too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think he's he's out of the question in in, uh, in Arizona. I mean, a lot of people. Cardinal, he was a 31 million dollar dead cap hit last year if he didn't play. 31 million. Cuervo, that that that's it, big let's time just money. say you. Oh God, that's big time. That's three great cornerbacks in this league. Three. That's three great cornerbacks in this league. Uh, and, and two, at that, you know, it works, right? I mean, you can get a corner for $15 million, that's good. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, the number is incredible that Carson Palmer hit. Um, yeah, so I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. It's not going to happen in Arizona. I, I never jumped into the numbers before that. My thinking is, is obviously the Arizona Cardinals want that, uh, but that, the, that money won't, won't work for them. And so, yeah. and they're not, they're not a team that just blows money like Jerry Jones will. <laughs> nope. 
sure they sure won't. But uh, you know, I, I, Houston's another team that I keep hearing about. I don't think it's going to happen there either. Um, yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing, Cuervo. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the cap hit. It's it, it's it's not actually it's not the cap hit in Real. It's the dead cap. I'll I'll look that one up too. I bet you that number's huge um, down there for Brock Osweiler. I th- I bet you it's big. I'll look it up while we're talking. But yep. Well, yeah, I mean, he's signed that home. I want to say it was a four-year, 70-something million dollar contract. Um, you know, as far as cap hits, I don't know the exact numbers for that. But but I, what I do know is that I, I just, you know, you if you bring Romo into, into Houston, Sonny, what, what are you telling Brock Osweiler? Like, yeah, we like you, but we don't really trust you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, is, what does that do for a guy? Um, especially as young as he is. I mean, it's it's going to, you know, I mean, his confidence. It already affected him last year, Cuervo. Hey, Cuervo, that already affected him last year when they pulled his ass out two games left to go in the season. That already affected him. So if he can't get over that, that might be a problem. $25 million dead cap hit, a $19 million. And I, I just, when I look at the organization of the Texans, I don't see him blowing $19 million. They're not the you know they're not the Jets they're not the Dallas Cowboys they're not they're, they're not the big teams that will blow that kind of money I mean you're talking you're talking about a franchise that you know is basically a baby in reality in Houston and they don't want to make any big big time hits twenty five million dollars now in two thousand and eighteen the dead cap is only six and the, uh, tw- it's a twenty one cap hit but the dead cap is what is the big number which is uh, is the little number in two thousand and eighteen at six million so. And they can they can go ahead and cut it. It's a cap hit of twenty one. It's not money out of the pocket. So, I, I yeah, I don't see Houston doing it either. Yeah, that's, so and that's why I continue to say the team, the team that will probably wind up biting the bullet, the team that'll probably wind up taking the cap hit or whatever the case may be, it's going to be the New York Jets. I still stick by it. I think the Jets are going to be the team that that pursues Romo. They're not talking about it right now, but the the, the Jets are going to be the team that quietly that Romo will their... show its ugly head right around draft time, Cuervo. Yeah, and and we may not hear about it until draft time, but yep, I still and we can be the first to say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've been I've been saying it for two months now that, that the Jets are going to be the team that that gets the closest to signing Romo if if he doesn't stay in Dallas. Right. Interesting. I you know that whole Tony Romo situation down here is obviously the big story over in the Dallas area trying to put it together. It, it's huge, you know, the big time stories going on. I, it, but good stories, good talk about it um, as, as we move forward. Good stuff that's been going on. We got nine minutes left to go on the show, Cuervo. What do you want to go to, if anything? Uh, and we covered everything, and we'll grasp onto anything next week. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, you know, the NFL is always going to be something that we talk about, and we may we may get some news going in the next week, uh, and we'll talk about it. But, um, you know, we, we kind of walked kind of like tippy-toed around the situation in New York with the Knicks. Um, yeah. I didn't, get, I didn't get your take on the whole Charles Oakley story. Um, 
you know, as far as anything, because we talked about Phil Jackson, we talked about Mel and all that, but I didn't, I didn't um, necessarily, I don't necessarily know what your opinion is on the whole Oakley situation. Like, you know, should they be treating a guy like that maybe a little bit better? A guy that that meant so much to the organization 20 years ago uh, when he played with the Knicks and, and got them to a couple of NBA finals, like. I don't know. Don't you think they should be treating him a little bit more respect than, than what they have, or am I missing something? Well, um, it, 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 that just goes to show. And, and we talked about Phil Jackson. We talked about what kind of guy this guy is. Now, you, when you, when you when you talk Phil Jackson, and, and even to a certain extent, Corvo, you can do you can go to um, to uh, Pat Riley as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at these guys about the same way. I don't know how much um, the whole situation with what I would call um, loyalty that these guys have, okay? And, and looking at what's going on. Now, uh, for the the situation where, I guess, what, what was it? It was a fan screaming at Charles Oakley, right? And if I'm not mistaken, if I remember, and they, they kicked his ass out long, you know, Isn't that what happened? I don't even think it was that, Sonny. I think it was just he. So what happens is if if Charles. Oh, that was the alcohol thing, wasn't it? Weren't they Uh, calling him an alcoholic or something like that? Well, they well the owner the owner even went on the New York es the ESPN New York station was like, yeah, he's got a he's he's got an alcohol problem. If you're going to say something like that, Sonny, you better know. You better be 100% accurate about that. You can't just go around and be like, yeah, this guy's an alcoholic. You can't just go around saying those things about, especially a public figure like like Charles Oakley is. Yeah. I think they banned him from from the – did they ban him just for that game or indefinitely? No, no, indefinitely. Indefinitely. And, and again, I mean, it's – Wow. Whenever he was, whenever he would go to a game, the owner had to be informed about it. So he got informed about it. From there, he goes to sit down and he starts getting harassed. And he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "All I'm doing, I attended the game, I paid for a ticket." He got pissed off, like like anybody else would, and they kicked him out. Wow! And, and that's was before the game even started, correct? I mean, I, I... uh, no. I, no, it was no, during the it, middle of the game. It was during the game. Okay, got yeah. it. And, and here's the thing. I, I think you're right. I think they need to treat him a little bit more respect because there's a reason why. Charles Oakley isn't an employee of the Knicks, right? I mean, it, it, no one's sending Charles a check, right? I mean, he's a fan. And, yeah. and so just because it's Charles Oakley, there's something to say about it? That, that You know, that don't make any sense. I mean, yeah, he used to be a New York Nick, but he has no allegiance to them. He's a fan. He's just like you and I walking in there, and the guy paid for the ticket. Oh, I, I think it's right. I mean, if someone yells at me while I'm in the stands, okay, as a fan or a ticket holder, and I yell back at them, and they're not going to throw me out. So why would they throw Charles Oakley out? As a fan, and the guy that paid for the ticket, and that, and you were right, Cuervo. He did pay for the ticket, and that is the biggest difference. In it. If that guy was an employee of the New York Knicks, 
I get it. Yeah, and so I mean that that's it was it was a really crazy situation, you know, because like I said, I mean, they arrested him in the stands, didn't they? They didn't even wait to get him outside to put the cuffs on him, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, they they you know, there was about five or six guys that kind of were holding him, and uh, they they escorted him out in a very physical manner wow. uh, out of the stadium. So it, it was, it created a huge scene. Then the owner the next day goes on the ESPN New York show and says he has an alcohol problem, says that the, he, he and then he fires his head security guy, right? The owner does this. But right. then he goes on ESPN New York radio and says that Oakley is banned for life. Um, from Madison Square Garden, he ha- that he has an alcohol problem, that he needs help. Um, when in reality, um, I don't even think he was. I don't. It looked like he was completely sober. He was just. He just got really emotional and upset. I, I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was intoxicated. I really don't know. But, but all I know is that there's always been bad blood between the owner and Charles Oakley for some reason, Absolutely. for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, I mean, Oakley has never done anything to give discredit to the New York Knicks, so I don't know why there's so much hate for Charles Oakley. I don't I don't get it. I mean, all he did was play hard for 10 years for that organization. And, Absolutely. And, um, you know, he's, one of, he's one of those guys when you think old school. He's one of those guys you think of. I mean, there's certain oh, guys yeah. that you think of. And he, he's right there. I mean, he's right there, Bill and there, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Jordan, um, uh, Carl Malone. He, he, you think those are the guys you think of. Who's the other guy that he played with over there um, that was the, Ewing. oh, God. Yeah, Patrick Ewing. These guys are old school kind of guy players. I mean, and those are the guys you think of first. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, John Starks. Uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Anthony Mason, you know, the, the late Anthony Mason. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's, there's, I mean, that, that New York team, I tell you, that was the one team growing up, Sonny, as a Bulls fan, that always made me nervous. You hated them. Oh, yeah, because they were, that, they were that good, and they were that much more physical than you were, especially if you're a Bulls fan. Because if you looked at the Bulls, they were more finesse in reality. Now, granted, that was, this was before the Dennis Rodman time, okay? Dennis Rodman wasn't part of the Oakley deal, okay? So you, you mark that out, because Rodman was brought in to be that bruiser, right? Cuervo, I mean, you think about it, I mean, now – Jordan could be physical. Scotty Pippen was the finesse of that team, right? I mean, so th- they weren't necessarily known as the the beater uppers of it. They weren't the, the Detroit Pistons were, you know, the, they called them the bad boys for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. But but not the, the the not the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls. Uh, in my opinion, at that time, were more finesse than either the Pistons and the Knicks, and those were the heated rivals, along with the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics were a physical team as well, okay? And But when the Chicago, the reason why they brought in Dennis Rodman was to have that presence. Now, granted, he just took off and started rebounding the ball, which he was pretty good at, but the first person that would be in a rough house would be right there, Dennis Rodman. That's the reason why he brought him in. Because you can say whatever you want in the NBA if you don't have one of those guys on your team. And that's the guy that will take the punch or put out a punch. you got to have a thug on your team. That's the way I put it. Okay? If you don't have a thug on your team, 
especially in those days, you weren't successful. But yeah, how the how the the Bulls got around that was greatness on the outside shooting the ball, and that is the reason why they went physical underneath. Believe me, Tony Kokoch, no one was afraid of. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, back back in the days, I mean, Horace Grant was the the bruiser, if you will. Yes. Um, but once mm-hmm. once the Bulls lost Horace Grant to free agency and he went to Orlando, uh, that's when the Bulls had to make a decision of okay, well, who's going to be our physical guy up front? And believe it yep. or not, Sonny, you you may not remember this or or necessarily even know this, but the Bulls were were supposed to get Anthony Mason. That that was yes. the guy that we were supposed to bring in. And at the last minute, Jerry Krause, the GM, found a way to get Dennis Rodman and and, yep. and bring him to Chicago. It, it was, and it was, I was shocked when I was when I saw that. I was like, wait a minute, because I thought we were getting Mason <laughs> from the Knicks. And all of a sudden, I see Dennis Rodman holding up a Bulls jersey. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, that's I like the this. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. And Horace Grant, he wasn't more. He was that physical guy, but he wasn't. He wasn't an enforcer. But that hasn't been said. It was always a funny story about Horace Grant. Horace Grant, we never won a championship until I was there. Hey, he's got a very valid point. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you think about it, Quavo, right? They didn't win a championship without Horace Grant. You know, the first one, and then after mm-hmm. that, of course, then, then he makes it out there. So, the, and that was in response to that, that uh, Pippen and Jordan never wanted to give him his creds. And, but he's got a point. But the point, the different, the reason why he loses the point, because they continued the success after he left. So that's the reason why he loses it. But he has a brief moment to say, well, they didn't win it before I was there. And he was a big part of that as well. So. Well, sure, and and that's true and all, but let's let's count how many rings Horace Grant won. Absolutely, he left. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That's where he loses the argument. Like I said, he only gets it for a brief second. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I I love talking old school basketball because old school basketball, and see, I I can't relate. I mean, good lord! I mean, they were beating each other up up and down the basketball court. Now you. Now you you just accidentally brush someone. There's a foul call. That's amazing, but it, well, that's I mean, the difference in the game. And plus, you got guys flopping all over the court. I'm not. We're not going to mention names, but he wears 23 for the Cavaliers. So I was going to say, yeah, 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 he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, you want to know what he's pretty good at, Cuervo? They made a rule for him, Cuervo. Remember, this rule was put in place because of LeBron James. The flop rule? Yeah, the flop rule. It was yeah, put in there for him. And guess what? He still doesn't get called for. He still does it. He still does it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? Gotta love it. Gotta love, love it. That, yeah, gotta love the NBA, baby. <laughs> oh, they protect that. It's just like protecting the stars of the, uh, of the quarterback on the, on the football. It's the same thing, but just obviously different thing, right? You know, you protect your superstars, and that's one of the things they did is uh, protecting the superstar. They put a rule in place that made it look like they weren't doing it, but we all know he doesn't get that call because he still does it to this day. And I think he maybe, since that rule has been put in, how many times has he been called for the flop foul? That would be an interesting stat to find out. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that too. I don't don't think he's – it can't be no more than three times. I don't even think he's been called three times for the flop rules, so – 
you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, funny, I, but I, now I'm interested. LeBron, flop foul. Let's find out. Let's see if if we can find it really quick. No, I don't can't find it. But we'll we'll be lo- we'll be looking at it and seeing it. I'll I'll take a little bit more in depth on how you try to get the you know get the stats for how, what they were uh, fi- uh, what the foul was. There there's there's got to be a stat somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Regarding sure that, how many flop fouls they are. I'll I'll make that my mission this week before we get back on air next Sunday to find out how many times. Uh, LeBron James has been called for the flop foul. It'd be very interesting. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the over and under is four, and I think it's under. Yeah, I'm gonna say under as well. Yeah, I, that, that would be my guess. And and I, I wonder how many. I wonder how many times. Like, how, and they just put this. They put this in what two years ago, Cuervo? Uh, the flop foul was it two years ago or three? I want to say it was right right before he left Miami. I think it was his last year with the Heat, right before he went back to Cleveland. I want to say is when they did the they made the flop rule. Well, here I'm looking at an ad right here or a, a thing right here, um, and this was back in May of 2013. LeBron James responds to a flopping fine as the NBA. Uh, Backs foul number six in game number four. So, oh, that was just a flopping. Interesting. So, Cuervo, we might be way behind the times on this flop rule. Because it looks like he was called for a flopping call back in May of, two, uh, May of 2013. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, my, maybe my timing is a little bit I off. I think we, we might be behind. I, I, I want to find out a little bit more about this. The flop rule. That that'll be interesting. So, and, but let's be honest, it was clearly put in position for him because he was the, he was the that was the reason why it was, it, it was put in. It, it's almost like the Tom Brady rule, but obviously Brady don't have anything to do about someone cutting him at the knees. Um, so, but a, a rule made specifically to protect a player. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. You know it, it, that 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 rule was put in place directly, and Matt Castle made a killing off of that. You remember Matt Castle was making more money than than Tom Brady uh, in a salary because uh, he helped lead that team to an 11-5 season, and they didn't make the playoffs after he was hurt with that. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we went over a little bit, but that's okay. At least we're, you know, on it. It's good stuff. So uh, we're going to be back on. What, do we know what time, or are we just going to keep it up in the air for next week? Or is this a good time in case you do decide to go out and have breakfast with the uh, with the better half? Um, I think. Uh, well, just because I'm not at home right now, Sonny, that's why I needed to start a little bit later. But uh, uh, okay. I'll be home. I'll be back home next week. Um, okay. So we Where might be able at? to start uh, L- L.A. in L.A. You're in L.A. With the in-laws, yep. With so. the in-laws. Got it. All right, very good. All right, well, so, we'll, but, we'll um, keep it up. We'll keep it up in the year, and we'll find out what's best in, uh, as the schedule and the week goes on. Yeah, that, that's that's a good idea, Sonny. I, I, I'll, I'll stick with that. <laughs> 
You got it. All right, my friend, we'll do that, and we'll call this one the good one. Uh, so we'd like to thank everybody for giving us a listen over on the Couch Potato Sports Show. That's going to do it for us here on another Sunday. On that being said, we'll be back next Sunday. We'll kick off and we'll talk a little bit more. Other sports going on, all the sports news. We'll try to get a good wrangle of all of the news that happens, and we'll talk about it next week. So for Cuervo and everybody else involved, we're out of here. Cuervo, have a good week. We'll talk to you later. Same to you, Sonny. Take care.